Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out our other podcast. We have the Video Theater which is the video version of this podcast. And we have two videos uploaded each month. Uh, In December, we have a couple of Christmas specials and more exciting stuff coming in 2021. You can check all of them out over at videotheater.greatdetectives.net. And also remember the amazing world of radio, amazing.greatdetectives.net, our World War II podcast, The War, the war.greatdetectives.net, and the old-time radio Superman show. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of The Fat Man. The original air date is September 23rd, 1954, and the title is Murder Stalks the Dead. There he goes into that drugstore. He's stepping on the scales. Weight, 239 pounds. Fortune, danger. Who is it? The Fat Man. It's funny how easy it is to get the wrong idea about things. For instance, Many people think that all private detectives are gay, witty guys who tear around with a martini in one hand and a gun in the other, making monkeys out of the regular police department. Of course, nothing is further from the truth, as any real detective can tell you. A private operative wouldn't get very far without the full cooperation and help of the regular police. And don't ever kid yourself, there's no better friend in the world than a well-trained, rugged policeman especially when you're closing in on a murderer. And now, here's the fat man in Murder Stalks the Dead. I never pass a graveyard without remembering the night that Jimmy Turner phoned me and insisted on coming up to my apartment, even though it was well past midnight. It was one of those wild, stormy nights in early fall when winter gets impatient with summer and starts banging on the door to get in. The wind moaned through the empty streets, hurling water against disdainful windows. I was propped up in bed reading, trying to ignore the storm when the phone call came. I'd known Jimmy in the army. He was a nice guy, young, good-looking, and very much in love with a girl back home. His voice had sounded scared and excited over the phone. His clothes were soaking wet and his face was pale and drawn. He managed a weak grin. Hello, Brad. Long time to see. Too long. Glad to see you, Jimmy. Come in. Hope I didn't wake you, Brad. You didn't. See, I, I didn't have anyone else to turn to. You, you got to help me. Sure. Sit down and tell me about it. Give me a drink first, will you? I need it. I just thought you'd had enough of the pain after Bastogne. Yeah. 
It is raining, isn't it? Uh-huh. What's the matter, Jimmy? Hearing burp guns on Fifth Avenue? I wish it were as simple as that. No, 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 I'm not a psycho. At least I don't think I am. Maybe... Maybe I am, though. M maybe that'll explain... Here you are, Jimmy. Oh, thanks. Funny you're mentioning Bestone a minute ago. That's when it all started. At least that's where I was when I got that first letter. What letter? Brad, you remember me talking about Pauline? Sure, you were going to marry her. How is she? I don't know. And we're not married yet. She's... There's something wrong with her, but I don't know what it is. That's why I'm here. I want you to find out what it is. You mean she's sick? No, no, she's not sick, but dazed and strange. First, I thought she was losing her mind. I tried to get her to go to a doctor, but she wouldn't listen to me. That was before she started disappearing. Disappearing? Yeah. She began going away and staying three or four days. She wouldn't tell me where she'd gone or anything else. Well, when she'd first come back, she'd be pale and shaky and frightened. I begged her to tell me what she'd been doing. She looked blank and said, I don't know what I've been doing. That's funny. Uh, what was that you mentioned something about a letter? Uh, that's how I finally found out where she went. It was the first letter I had from her, overseas. Oh, I'd been gone about six weeks. The letter sounded all right except for one thing. What was that? She mentioned an uncle of hers, a doctor named Julian Arnold. Now, I'd never heard of him before. But she talked to him as though he was... He was out of this world, a genius, all that sort of thing. Her greatest ambition was to work with him. She never mentioned it again. I forgot about it until several weeks ago. Is that where she goes, to see this doctor? Yeah. Where does this Dr. Arnold live? I don't know. She wouldn't tell me. She wouldn't allow me to go there with her. Well, tonight I was half crazy. I know she was leaving, so I followed her. Did she catch on? No. She went to an old house out in the country. It must be where this doctor lives. Oh, it's a gloomy old place. Isolated and lonely. Stands back from the road in a lot of trees. And not, not far away from this house, there's a, an old graveyard. That looks to me like it hasn't been used for years. Just the place for a lawn party. Yeah. What happened then? Well, I had to be careful. I saw a car drive in toward the house, so... I stopped, got out, and walked the rest of the way. She'd gone into the house by the time I got up to the old cemetery. The storm had been coming up some time, and suddenly it broke. And all of a sudden, I heard a long, drawn-out scream. And did it come from the house? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. It didn't sound too far away, but, but I couldn't tell for sure. Oh, Brad, it was awful. I'll admit it scared me. I was about to run up to the house when... When it happened. What? The thing that makes me think maybe I am going crazy. What was it? Brad, I was standing there in the graveyard. There are old tombstones scattered around amongst the trees. Naturally. What about them? I was about ten feet from one of the bigger ones. I could see it plainly even in the rain. I, I must have heard a noise because... 
I looked at that tombstone. Brad, I'm not crazy. That tombstone was moving. Oh, maybe I'm silly. Now, with the daylight and the storm gone, I can hardly believe what I saw last night. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I did dream. You didn't dream up that mud on your shoes. No. But you could be mistaken about the tombstone moving. No, Brad, I'm not mistaken. You're sure about the scream, too? Yeah, I'm positive. Yeah, might have been the wind, or... Oh, it might have been an animal. No, it wasn't the wind. And I don't think it was an animal. Well, we'll soon find out what's going on. Oh, but that's Pauline's apartment house, of course. Makes you so sure she'll be home now. Well, she told me she'd be back today. She said her uncle had an important job for her to do, but that it wouldn't take long. After you found out where she went on these secret visits, did she tell you what she did there? No. She only said that she helped her uncle. Uh, uh this is Paul's part. Did you wish to see? Well, well, honey, what do you mean? It, it, it's me, Pauline, me, Jimmy. Jimmy? Jimmy? Well, sure, it's Jimmy. Hey, Pauline, what's the matter? What's the matter? Please, please. Quick, I... grab her. I... Oh. Here. Put her over on the couch. Pauline. Pauline, what? Brad, what happened? What could it She's fainted. Didn't know me to get did... some water. Okay. Brad, don't you think we ought to call a doctor? Not yet. Go on. Maybe we'll just fix these pillows so they'll. Well. I'll just slip this into my pocket. Uh, who are you? I'm a friend of Jimmy's. But how did you. Did, did I let you in? Just a second ago. Don't you remember? Uh, uh, Here's the water. Hey, Pauline, you all right? Hello, Jimmy. Honey, what's the matter with you? A minute ago, you didn't know me. Don't, don't be so silly, Jimmy. Of, of course I did. But you didn't, honey. There's something wrong with you. You've got to tell me what it is. Look at you. You're as pale as a ghost. Okay, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, go away. Please let me alone. But Pauline, don't you understand? Come on, Jimmy. But don't you see that she's... I said come on. But she's sick. She'll be okay. I want to talk to you outside. I'll call you tonight, Pauline. You needn't, Father. I won't be here tonight. Well, you're not going back to that place. Right down and get hold of yourself. But you saw her, Brad. You know something's wrong. And after last night, no wonder I'm half nuts. Something's wrong, all right. Plenty wrong. Walk down the hall with me. I want to show you something. What? I found this under the cushions on the couch. A knife? Uh-huh. And unless I miss my guess, this stuff all over the blade is dried blood. Have a look at this, Mackenzie. Yeah. Where'd you get this knife, Brad? Never mind that, Max. Just do me a favor and have one of your experts check it. 
What's behind it? Maybe nothing at all. I want to find out whether or not that stain on the blade is human blood. I haven't heard about any murder. Blood on a knife doesn't necessarily mean murder, Mac. Okay, I'll have the boys give it the works. Fingerprints and all. Fine. By the way, do you happen to know anything about a Dr. Julian Arnold? Arnold? No, I don't think so. Why? I just wondered. Does it have something to do with this knife? Maybe. Now, look here, Brad. If you know something about I am not holding out. How soon will you know about the knife? Oh, a couple of hours. You want to wait? No, I've got to make a little trip. Where are you going? <laughs> Out to look at a cemetery. alone in a grove of tall trees, and the trees stood gazing mournfully at the house like relatives waiting for an old man to die. It looked empty and deserted. A thin spiral of smoke drifting up from one of the chimneys said it wasn't. The road curved behind a hill, and the house was hidden. I stopped the car and got out. Nobody was in sight. I stepped over a low stone wall and found myself in the ancient graveyard. There weren't many graves, 15 or 20 at the most. I bent over and looked at the inscription on the stone nearest me. It was just barely visible. And the date of death was 1803. I pushed against it with my foot. It hadn't moved since 1803. I looked round, trying to pick the one Jimmy had seen move. But it was useless. They all looked too much alike. I nudged two more and nothing happened. My eyes drifted to the next one and stopped. A small square patch of grass and weeds near the center of the grave looked brown and dead. I knelt down and tugged gently at it. It came away easily in my hands, a small square piece of sod. Planking showed through the small bare spot. I put the sod back in place and pushed on the upright headstone. It tilted slightly to the left and a crack appeared in the ground where one side of the grave should have been. Let it fall back in place. I got to my feet and turned round. A man was standing about ten feet away, staring vacantly at me. He was a little man with a meek face on the downhill side of forty. Standing there in the cold afternoon wind, he didn't look like he cared whether I pushed gravestones around or not. You're not Dr. Appleby. No. I thought you were Dr. Appleby. When I saw you, I... I thought he'd come back. Who's Dr. Appleby? He's the nice one, but he went away. I don't know where he is, but he said he was coming back, and that's why when I saw uh, Do you him... live in the big house up there? Yes. Is your name Arnold? Oh, no. My name is Crocker, Earl Crocker. Dr. Arnold is taking care of me. Dr. Appleby was helping him, but he went away. Are you the only patient Dr. Arnold has? Oh, no. He has others. They come and they go, and some stay quite a while. Others only stay a day or two. Have you been here long? Oh, yes. Been a long time. I, I, I really don't know how long. Why not? Oh, you don't understand. You see, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I don't remember anything at all, but Dr. Arnold is treating me. 
You like the graveyards? You must like them or you wouldn't be here. I like them too. They're so quiet and so peaceful. Yeah. I come here whenever I can get away. And I sit here and think how peaceful and quiet it is down there in the ground. But Dr. Arnold doesn't like me to come here. Oh, why not? Because of the ghosts. But I'm not afraid. Ghosts? Oh, yes. Oh, I've seen them all right. I've seen them moving around here at night. And once I saw one in the house. What did it look like? He looked just like anybody else, only he was dead. Dead and still walking around. I saw him walking down the whole of the house, and I, I was standing right in front of him. He walked right past me. I spoke to him, but he didn't answer. His eyes just stared straight ahead. So you see, there are ghosts. Yeah. Mr. Crocker! <gasps> Mr. Crocker! Oh, Dr. Arnold, he'll find me here. I've got to go. Mr. Crocker! Oh, wait a minute. He's seen you. Oh, yes. Yes, he has. Now he'll... he'll... What? Oh. What will he do? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Please, please. I shouldn't have talked to you. Don't say anything to him, will Listen, you? Listen, I want to try and help you. No, please, no. No, it's no... Well, there you are. In the... No, no. I, 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 I didn't mean any harm, Dr. Arnold. I, I, I thought he was Dr. Appleby. Come back. I came in here to speak to him, but it wasn't Dr. Appleby. So I see. I told you Dr. Appleby has gone away. He's not coming back, Mr. Crocker. But he told me... I said he's not coming back, Mr. Crocker. Now, I think you'd best go back to your room and lie down. You've worked yourself into a fine state. Yes. Yes, Doctor. I'll go right away. And I... I, 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 I didn't mean to be home. Nice graveyard you've got here, Dr. Arnold. I don't particularly care to have strangers snooping around. What makes you think I was snooping? I don't see any car. Surely you didn't walk all the way out here? As a matter of fact, my car broke down a little way up the road. I was just on my way up to your place there to borrow your phone. <laughs> come, come, Mr. Rodman. A detective such as yourself should be able to produce a better story than that. Yeah, I'll try and do better next time. There won't be any next time, Mr. Runyon. Your niece Pauline told you. <laughs> of course. Pauline confides in me completely. Is she out here now? As a matter of fact, she is. Although I fail to see what concern it is of yours. Just what does the girl do out here, Arnold? Really, don't you think this is all rather ridiculous? Pauline's a full-grown woman, free to do as she likes. Nobody forces her to come here. I'm not so sure about that. Are you insinuating She that? has blank spells, Doctor. She doesn't remember anything. My niece is not too well. I'll say she isn't. Mr. Crocker has blank spells too, Arnold. Mr. Crocker is a sick man. He's a patient of mine. My niece is not a patient. She is my assistant in my work. And what is that work? That's enough, Runyon. Get out. Okay, Arnold. But I still think your little graveyard is very interesting. Yes, Mr. Runyon. It is very interesting. Very interesting indeed. I called to see if there's any report on the knife yet, Mac. Our side is a report on it. The stains on the blade were human blood. We also found a nice set of fingerprints on the handle. There's nothing unusual about that. No, but there's something very unusual about this. Some Boy Scouts went on a camping trip this afternoon out near Random Creek. One of them went looking for firewood and found the body of a man. His throat had been cut. 
There was no identification on the body, but not far away, we found a silver cigarette case. It had fingerprints all over it, and they matched the ones on the handle of this knife. But you don't know who the dead man is yet. Sure we do. There was a name engraved on the cigarette case. That's why the murderer threw it away. What was the name, Mac? Dr. R.J. Appleby. I'm looking for Jimmy Turner. He gave me this address. Why, yes, Jimmy lives here. I'm his mother. Won't you come in? I'm... I haven't got much time. If you'll just tell him Brad Runyon is here. Sorry, Mr. Runyon, but Jimmy's not here. Do you know where he is? No, I, I don't know. He didn't come home for dinner tonight. That's not like Jimmy, either. Oh, there isn't anything wrong, is there? Jimmy hasn't... No, no, there's nothing to worry about. What time did he leave? Oh, it must have been about 4.30 or 5 this afternoon. It was right after he got the phone call. Phone call? Who was it? Oh, I'm not sure. But I imagine it was from Pauline. When the phone rang, Jimmy went out in the hall and answered it. Did you hear what he said? No, not everything. But he did sound excited. I heard him say, yes. Yes, I'll come as soon as I can get out there. And the next thing I knew, he was running out of the house. He hasn't come back. Mr. Runyon, you don't say... Now, that they... don't you worry, Mrs. Turner. Jimmy will be all right. No, I don't understand it at all. He's acted so strange the last couple of days, ever since that doctor came to see him. Now that I think about it, you I You say believe... a doctor came to see Jimmy a couple of days ago. Was this doctor's name Arnold? Why, no. His name was Dr. Appleby. What did you find out about Appleby, Mac? A routine check showed he was single, middle-aged, had practiced for over 20 years, had a good reputation. Any tie-up with Arnold? Eh, nothing recent. I found out that they had, or had been, partners 10 years ago. I did some checking tonight myself. Arnold was barred from practicing by the Medical Association three years ago. You mean he's practicing illegally? Looks like it. You've got a patient out here. Well, this is it, Mac. I want to take another look at the graveyard. I can see a light through the trees. Look over there. Yeah, that's the house. A couple of hundred yards up there. The graveyard is right over here. Careful, there's a stone wall here. Yeah, I see it. Keep your flashlight ready, but don't use it unless I tell you to. Okay. What are you looking for in here? I'll show you in just a... What's wrong? Listen. Yeah, where's it coming from? Over here, come on. It's so dark I can hardly... Here it is. Who? It's Jimmy Turner, the kid I was telling you about. Somebody tied him up and stuck a gag in his mouth. Just a second, Jim, I'll have these out. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Brad. Well, am I glad to see you. What happened? I was home waiting for you like you told me to, and I got a phone call. It was Pauline. She sounded scared, awful scared. She said she was out here, and would I please come quick because she was afraid. What was she afraid of? Well, she started to say, and the phone went dead. She came out as fast as I could, but it was dark by the time I got here. I left my car up the road a little way and started for the house. All of a sudden, I saw a light moving around here in the graveyard. I came over to see what it was. It went out before I got here. I stepped over the stone wall and something smacked the back of my head. That's all I remember until a few minutes ago when I came to and heard you. Why didn't you tell me Dr. Appleby had been to see you? Well, he knew I was in love with Pauline. He told me that if I loved her, I'd better get her away from Dr. Arnold, quick. He wouldn't say much more than that. He was scared, silly. I was already worried about Pauline. But that's why I followed her last night. I thought this Dr. Appleby might be imagining things. What things? Well... 
he, he, he seemed to blame himself somehow. He kept calling himself a coward and babbling something about experimenting with the devil. I thought maybe he was crazy until last night when he I He wasn't thought... insane. Somebody cut his throat after he talked to you. His body was found this afternoon near here. The knife I found in Pauline's apartment was the murder weapon. Hey, you don't think that Pauline... Oh, no, 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 she couldn't. She, I she don't wouldn't. know, Jimmy. I want you to stay behind this tree out of sight and keep your eye on that tombstone over there. That's the Lieutenant one I saw. Mackenzie and I are going to have a little talk with Dr. Arnold. Hello, Dr. Arnold. It's a little late for a call, isn't it? I hope it's not too late. Uh, this is Lieutenant Mackenzie of the police. Police? Uh-huh. Where's the girl, Arnold? Uh, why, Pauline isn't here. She went home some time ago. Now, look here, Runyon. I'm getting tired of this. I told you this afternoon... Your that... ex-partner, Dr. Appleby, was found this afternoon with his throat cut. Appleby dead? That's right. No, no, it can't be. She, she wouldn't really. She? Who? This girl, Pauline? No, no, I... Nothing. I just can't believe that Appleby... What about the girl, Arnold? It's no use trying to hide anything. Her prints were found on the murder knife. Yes, yes, it's true. They did quarrel. She had a violent temper. She isn't well. Appleby left, and I thought... That must explain why she was so anxious to leave tonight. Did she say where she was going? Why, I thought she went home. I don't suppose you'd mind if we looked around here a little. Of course not. Not, not at all. Hey, we haven't got time for that, Mac. Come on, we're leaving. But, Brad, we can't... Come on! Brad, that guy might be lying. Of course he's lying. That's why we've got to hurry. Let's run, Mac. But where? The graveyard. Quick, Jimmy. Give me a hand with this tombstone. But, Pauline, is she all right? I don't know. Yeah, it's a trap door, all right. Yeah, and there are steps leading down. Yeah, but what does it all mean? Shine your light down here, Mac. Right. I think it means that Arnold and Appleby were mixed up in something shady, but Appleby's conscience made him pull out. So Arnold killed Appleby and tried to frame Pauline. I think we'll find that Arnold was causing those blank spells with some kind of drug. Pauline actually thinks she killed Appleby. And you think he's got the girl hidden down here? Yeah. There may be another entrance to this tunnel from the house. That's why we've got to hurry. Yeah. Arnold. He's dead. Of course he's dead. What the... Give me that light, Mac. The little guy, Crocker. He told me to kill. He gave me the gun. Here it is. Watch him, Brad. It's okay, Mac. He's doped up, too. Arnold told him to kill, but he meant the girl. Crocker got the kill part, but he shot Arnold instead. Uh, come on, Mr. Crocker. Are we going down to the graveyard now? Not if I can help it. I've seen enough of graveyards to last me until the day I go in one week first. Well, that's that. It seems I spend my time in getting into trouble and getting out of it. But at the same time, I generally manage to get some other people in and out of trouble, too. Be seeing you again. So long.
Welcome back. Well, another solid episode. I thought the hook was great, and the overall mystery and atmosphere definitely lived up to uh, the opening. The guy who uh, killed the villain, the way he talked, he kind of reminded me of Howard McNear. Obviously, it wasn't, because it wasn't exactly the same voice, and this was recorded in Australia. But this makes me curious if the actor had ever heard Howard McNear, and if that was kind of what he was going for. All right, I want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Chris. Chris has been one of our Patreon supporters since August 2019, currently supporting us at the Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Chris. And that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for The Man Called X, and next Tuesday we'll be back with a Christmas episode of The Fat Man. In the meantime, send your comments to... Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.